Buenos dias, buenos dias. We are reporting to you with the final results of the elections and we are excited. We are thoughtful. We are decompressing the results on a local level, state level and national level. And for those of you that this is your first time listening to Chicas Politicas, uh, you are here with Rita Casaverde and Yesenia Echevarria, and we are two political chicks who are very uh, open-minded, very uh, about our communities, very much about BIPOC, BIPOC queer folks. And we are here. Pie bombs. Yes. <laughs> and we are... Uh, we are reporting to you live from San Luis Obispo County, Texas. Oh as, as Rita likes to say. No, no, no. We are we're changing it. We're, we're changing, changing it. it. There, there has been a we're shift. Not we're kind of there. So now. Cuéntame, Rita. Cuéntame. Yeah, so first I want to mention that um, yesterday, we're recording this on December 9th. Yesterday, December 8th, was Latina Equal Pay Day. And just if you didn't know, at the rate that the pay gap is closing, it's going to take us 184 years to gain the same amount of money as white men. Um, so by 2206, we'll be able to achieve equality, which is crazy. Um, so if you are an employer or a hiring manager um, and you have Latinas on your staff, pay up because we need that pay gap to close a lot faster than 184 years. Uh, so after that, yeah, we're not Slow County, Texas anymore. Oh, it's we official. are, yeah, we're turning blue. We're turning blue. Yeah, this election yeah. um, has been awesome here in San Luis Obispo County at the state level, obviously, and also nationally. I mean, we it could have been a lot worse. Um, I think a lot of people have talked about that a lot already. Yes. But we just, you know, this week we had the Georgia runoffs, uh, Senator Warnock was elected. And so um, it's historic, yeah, how many Senate seats um, have been secured by the current administration. Yeah, how are you looking at the results, Yusinia? I am very pleased with the results. Um, Many of my friends were elected into office, which is really exciting to have been supporting their campaigns to see uh, women leading, to see women of color leading. And I know for me personally, the Paso Robles School Board election was the biggest election for me. Uh, And we did pretty well. The school board for Paso Robles has been flipped officially. And I think it's just a testimony to the work that was done behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, on the sidelines, everywhere in the sense that um, not all of our preferred candidates won, unfortunately, but we have to look but at the most, picture, most right? Won. We, we from a slate of four available seats, we were the only ones that had a complete slate mm-hmm. before even elections uh, went into motion. One of our uh, folks that we put up, Joel Peterson had already been slated for his seat because no one ran against him which is why you which need is, to run which is why you need to run so that alone was already a win so let's count our victory so that was that was the, the complete slate is one number two is having joel peterson already going to be a, a school board member and then really cool thing is uh we are going to have 
Black representation for the first time in a very long time for the Paso Robles School Board. We have women up there. We have parents up there. Excuse yeah. me. We have younger, younger people on that board. And it's a board that's going to be far more representative with people who actually have children in the school board, which is really exciting. So I'm really pleased, Rita. You yeah. Know- so from the four seats mm-hmm. that were open, three of them were won by uh, people that we were supporting. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's really, really yeah. good. Yeah. That's like. Yeah, and that's the board that we've been talking about for a long time, right? The, the CRT. I mean, if you if you just need to put some context to why this mattered, uh, we were featured in the LA Times. There are multiple articles that were written and documented over the past two and a half years. There's so, a lawsuit too, right? And there's a pending, yes, investigation from the Federal Office of Education. The Office of Civil Rights had to get involved. So this just yeah. wraps up why this election mattered so much. Um, I know for the community of Paso Robles, and I'm really excited the community did show up. Yeah. And that that is, you, you focus on the positives, you focus yeah. on the wins, you focus on the progress. Yeah. And by no means does it mean that we are done. By no means does it mean that um, you yourself, wherever you're listening to, to this podcast, you need to get involved in the local politics. Because as we have seen, mm-hmm. that is where the biggest attack is happening on a national level. It's happening at our school boards. Yeah, and we know that uh, this win if anything, it means that there's going to be a reaction, right, Yesenia? I'm guessing that the other side's realizing how what they did wrong and how they are going to come together next time to get rid of this new majority. So they're just going to get back. What do you think, Yesenia? Absolutely. I think there's going to be two reactions. So really quick, for those of you that are not following the Paso Robles politics, there is a special election coming up in March, which means uh, here's just some dropping some knowledge for you guys. So when someone is appointed to a seat within those 30 days, you can petition them out. And what happened here specifically with Paso Robles, and I think we're missing the message here because I've seen a few articles being printed and it does concern me is uh, the, the, the person, there was an opportunity for multiple people to put their name for mm-hmm. this appointed seat. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the pattern of Paso Robles, much like any other place, we haven't had representation with people of color and diversity. And when you have a district that is composed of a decent amount, a high amount of people of color, and you don't have that representation, especially in education, which it should be a plus here. Um, But we're seeing cronyism, which is basically a small portion of people exercising their power to only include people who look like them, people who think like them, being echo chambers of their own message. And so, so this same board that passed the CRT ban that's yes. being attacking Latino, been attacking LGBTQ plus they community. appointed one of them uh this year, right? Right before the elections. Yes. Potentially a, a lame dog uh type of board. Right. And and it was really interesting because um this is my perspective. I think people should be allowed opportunities. I think there were already concerns about this person before they were appointed. Mm-hmm. And I'm a true believer. Look, people make mistakes. People are allowed to learn and grow. And I think once you're in a position of leadership, that's your your time to make it right. Yeah. So here's this man that was appointed. We had our feelings about him, but he was given the opportunity to show himself. What was really unfortunate for him is that within 
I think the first two days that he was appointed, he started attacking the LGBTQ plus community. And I want to make this very, very so clear. One, so let's just do a recap because people are going to get lost. Mm-hmm. So Pastor Elizabeth Gore just got flipped with this election. Mm-hmm. Results just got certified. Mm-hmm. But there were people in the community that got organized to call for a special election for an appointment that happened just very recently, right? And so we're talking about the guy that got appointed. Mm -hmm. So the guy that got appointed, you're saying, let's just give an opportunity to everyone in the community. But this Mm -hmm. guy started started attacking the LGBTQ community. And it was hateful, um, hateful attacks. And, and the way that this man is positioning is, well, I should have the freedom to express my opinion. Mm-hmm. I should have my freedom to have my own religious beliefs. Yeah. I should have the freedom to say what I want to say. Yeah. If you were just the average Joe walking down the street, absolutely. Yeah. We live in a beautiful country yeah. where I look at that as a plus that we have freedoms in this country. Mm-hmm. The reality is the moment that you start attacking and targeting a protected class that is a problem and when you're an elected official especially because that part there are laws about that part. non-discrimination in education ding 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 yeah so this is not just an average joe and let's let's be blunt about what this guy has said he has broken down lgbtq and has said exactly what he believes um and has said look the gays and the lesbians, I understand. I don't have a problem with. I'm cool with them. I'm cool with them. You're good. <laughs> You're good to go. Let's go with the B. The B, I don't understand the B, but I'm willing to tolerate them. The T and the Q, though, the T and the Q, I don't like, I reject, and I don't want to see them at all. Like, he hates the T and the Q. The the bisexuals, he's he said, quote, I tolerate them. And the gays and the lesbians, he doesn't have a problem with. This is a guy that is gonna be representing students, <laughs> making decisions about their education. And I think this is where context is so crucial, Rita, is that clearly Paso Robles community, Paso Robles the town. Paso Robles school district specifically has had a pattern of attacking the queer community. Yeah. So these, this is a group of um, children. I I think that's the other part that we have to really focus in that these are children. Mm -hmm. When you, when you are elected as a school board member, you're there to focus on academics and safety. Mm -hmm. Those are probably two of the the biggest reasons why you should be on the Mm -hmm. board. You want to make sure every child has a great uh, education that sets them up for the real world. Mm -hmm. And then two, you want to keep children safe. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, if we're listening to, and you were there, um, we had a chocolate can talk uh with passive people's action and we had students share their experience we had one of the students be very very clear that his high school experience is not has not been fun that sometimes he wishes he wasn't there and this is a senior only a few months left for his education and he's saying that high school experience that i should have had that you know for a lot of us was amazing he just didn't get it and so it's imagine, so sad. imagine, it so sad. imagine being a student, for example, at Paso Robles High School, you, you might be getting bullied. Um, you might not be out to your family. So you feel scared. 
And then to know that you are in a setting where people who make decisions on your behalf clearly don't have your interest mm-hmm. and clearly want to disregard you as, yeah. as, as a human. Yeah. So these are all things that mm-hmm. caused members in the community to say, we are concerned. Yeah. This is the wrong person. Yeah. And he, and this wasn't, this wasn't, um, rumor mill this wasn't no these were yeah. actual things that this man posted yeah there was a, a clear pattern of him posting yeah. one thing after another after words, another after yeah. another yeah and really him vocalizing mm-hmm. on social media mm-hmm. which is that's what prompted yeah. um carrie alvord's to huge shout out to Cal- Ca- carrie alvord for leading the petition mm-hmm. uh to go ahead and say you know what this is not appropriate. Yeah. And the biggest thing, keep in mind too, everyone is, and I'm really proud of the community is that um, we really should have recalled Chris Arendt. Yeah. The community was not ready. Yeah. We really should have recalled uh, Frank Triggs. The community wasn't ready. Yeah. But then after this pattern and um, uh, unfolding of all these things and people and things and people and things, finally the community said, okay, now we're ready to recall this guy. Yeah. So I'm really proud of the community, really proud of Carrie Alvord. Um, and the community came together to say, this is the wrong person. And yeah. I think the biggest thing too, Rita, is we have to be proactive. And I think most of the community is tired of yeah. this xenophobic, constant negativity of this board. Yeah. And I'm really proud uh, to say that this was the right choice in the sense of being proactive. The school district is already under federal inves- investigation. Do we want to get a lawsuit? Yeah. And worse than that, that's not even like my, it's definitely a concern, but you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's, people are calling for special elections. This is so expensive. It's going to be so expensive. What is more expensive? A special election or losing a, chil- a child from the school district because of suicide? Because they hear uh, language that tells them that they shouldn't mm-hmm. exist, that they're being hated on by the people that are supposed to represent them. Yeah. How much does the life of a child cost to anyone? What's more expensive to, to the community? I think the special elections are completely uh, worth it. I hope the community supports them. And I'm really happy that now that board doesn't have, you know, the the representation that they used to have with hateful people. And mm-hmm. like you said, the work is not done, but mm-hmm. the special elections, the next step right there in Paso. Yeah. So take, take a look. Um, so what are they, what are the call to actions now for Paso special election or next steps there? The next steps is probably finding a strong candidate to run in March. Um, that's when the that's special election up. Right. will be held. They need and to start campaigning now, going, right? Yes. And it's going to take, multiple people to canvas, multiple people to do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, we cannot split the vote, which is basically what happened with the uh, large seats. Yeah. Um, and please be mindful, people, if you're listening to this, if if you call yourself an ally to BIPOC queer people, this is your time now to really show that, which means go ahead and, and sit down and listen and allow room for people of color to really organize and to be the ones leading the way because is this, is this in a large seat or is it a this will be in a large seat oh. so and I think too what we, I think what's kind of interesting even though you're talking about progress yeah. um acknowledging that you know Paso Robles is still conservative yeah you know it's, it's still very conservative um but I would like to think that Aside from politics, because to me, this is no longer about politics. This is about human life, yeah. a decency for people that it's exactly what you said too, is 
we need to stop the hate because that that's that when you are spewing that much hate is why we're seeing incidents like club Q we're seeing incidents like what happened um, at queer events. We are seeing a national attack on our queer friends, family members, neighbors. And I know for me, Rita, that is effing scary and I'm sick of it yeah. and there's no room for it. So huge shout out to the community of Paso that basically said, we are not going to tolerate yeah. this type of behavior. And this is the consequence, right? Yeah. The consequence we don't like is- it. We don't tolerate it. We hate it. <laughs> so, so yeah. So keep your eyes yeah. out for that. Get involved. My hugest uh, recommendations for people now that we're done with the elections is yeah. please keep your eye out on the local issues. Keep your eye out on school board. Attend special those elections. Yeah. Attend those meetings. Uh, keep your eye on eye out on special elections. Talk to your new council members. Talk to your new yeah. school board members. These are elected people yeah. in office that have office hours to meet up with you, to talk to you, ask those questions. You can't attend the meeting. Okay, send in the email. Yeah. So let's talk about all the other races because there are city councils and county officials that were just elected in these elections, at least here yeah. in San Luis County. If you are listening to from somewhere else, check out who won so you can get those elected officials accountable, whatever party they're from. Um, we had, I'm going to start with a small race here, but in Slow County, we have a city called Grover Beach. And we had uh, someone that had attended the January insurrection oh. run for <laughs> city mayor. She had run before for county supervisor and she lost. She was like, you know, I'm going to take my my support and put it into a mayor race and she lost again <laughs> oh lord amazing uh just imagine having someone that invaded or that went to support you know an insurrection a coup, yeah. a coup. let's call it what it is it was yeah. a coup she lost i'm really happy about that congratulations to karen bride new mayor of grover <laughs> beach you did amazing karen we, we believed in you and you did it um, another race that I want to point out is San Luis Obispo, the city just elected the first black female mayor, <laughs> first black mayor in the city and in, in the county. Yeah. Uh, she's going to be having her uh, uh, ceremony to be sworn in today, which I'm definitely going to go. It's at 4 p.m. in San Luis Obispo City. And um yeah, it's historic. Again, the whole city council was female one more time. Uh, and, you know, I had heard from people saying, well, isn't it time to get one male in to get some representation? It's like, what? <laughs> We've had this one four years and they're coming back saying it's not there. <laughs> let us try Dear for men, a couple. You, you've had your time. Let, yeah. let some room in for others. Yeah, let's try for a couple <laughs> centuries. And then we'll talk, okay? And um, anyway, that that's pretty cool. We also got Michelle Shoresman and Emily Francis elected for city council there. So really good uh, city council being formed in San Luis Obispo, which is already a very progressive city. Um, but let's keep them accountable because um, every perspective is very limited, uh, no matter where, you, no matter who you are. So uh, everyone needs to hear your own perspective if you're listening. Contact your city council. And then one of the big ones. Wait, 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 before I go there. I get really excited. Another school board in Atascadero, which we have talked about Atascadero too. Also school board that has been facing a lot of attacks. Um, The top council, sorry, the top school member uh, 
with the top vote, the top number of votes was a black woman, Tracy Ellis White in Atascadero. Um, is now going to be serving in the Tuscadero School Board and also the peers, an Asian woman is mm-hmm. also going to be at the Tuscadero mm-hmm. School Board. This is amazing. 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 Yes, amazing. And yes, the other two that got elected as well because there were four open seats are from the Moms for Liberty group. Boo. Um, <laughs> Uh, it, it is just it's what it is um that's that's why it's so important to run yeah that's why it's so important to run i think it's important to run but also i think that you have to be consistently getting news out yeah right like yeah. because so many people get busy with their life yeah that they don't recognize like what is yeah. going on yeah. um but, but if there had been more candidates running with tracy and v I I know a hundred percent that they would have been also in the top two like amount of votes. That was Tracy and V. So, it so just... I guess the moral of the story is: if you were looking for a sign, if you should run, this is it. This is it. Yeah, we need you. Yeah. We need. Uh, you know, I'm really excited for every single person that you just named, Rita. And yeah. this huge shout out to all of them. So last year, we also talked about a uh, school board here in San Luis Obispo County. The school board is Lucia Mar. So they fa- they had uh, Dems in the board that were being recalled. The recall failed, which was great uh, because they were just doing, you know, the best that they could. It, it was a, it was during the pandemic. Um, anyway, the recall failed. And now the elections came and you would have thought, oh, this wouldn't, the Rico probably is not going to play well with these candidates. And they, one of them got reelected and two others got in. So now there are three Dems that just got elected <laughs> for that school board, which is also a huge, huge win. We couldn't get Roxana Maldonado in, but we did get Andrea, Donna and Colleen in there. So strong females with strong ties to the community, educators, um, and advocates so really happy for that as well so those are the school boards oh and we of, of course kept um some west coastal school board here in slow county as well um with good representation so yeah and huge shout out also to don addis oh my assembly God. woman flip that's the state assembly seat she flipped yes. that seat from red to blue um and now she has been sworn in she's I'm, ex- I'm excited for Dawn. Yeah. That is our um our home girl. Yeah. I'm so excited for all these women that you just named, Rita. But there's one thing missing. One thing one, missing. One big thing. Yeah. So for the last I think since every single episode, we have been talking about San Luis Obispo County Board of Supervisors. Uh we had an election on June that had three supervisor seats open and two Dems got in. We needed three to flip it. The third seat went to a to a runoff election in November and the results just came out yesterday. No, Wednesday? Wednesday. <laughs> and we flipped the county <laughs> By how many votes? By 13. Lucky number 13. 13. And y'all, I think this is a testament that every vote 
matters. And keep in mind, this was a gerrymandered district to be in the favor of conservatives. Yet 13 votes is what it took to have a sweet victory. Yep. Congratulations, Bruce Gibson. We are so excited. Yes. We are so, so, so excited. There's going to be a three to the majority. Um, obviously, it doesn't end here. We have to keep this board accountable, make sure that they do the things that they mm-hmm. said they were going to do during the campaign. I trust them. You know, Don Ortiz leg, Jimmy Paulding just got elected. Um, he's brand new to the board, and Bruce Gibson uh, is getting reelected now. And it's, it's just going to be great. We got rid yeah. of Lynn Compton in June, which <laughs> I feel like we didn't celebrate enough. <laughs> Um, and now we just got rid of potentially another Trump supporter. Um, so, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but but the the thing, the one thing that is missing, Rita, uh-huh. the, the big thing is, unfortunately, we're not seeing that representation from the Latinx community. No, not from like the voting, and not from uh, people running. In fact, um, four of the. Well, four of the candidates that didn't get elected in this election cycle, three of them were Latina women. And um, that is that is concerning uh, because I think it says something about how much we trust women of color. And I think we've seen the same with in Georgia, where the same voters that elected uh, Senator Warnock mm-hmm. did not elect Stacey Abrams as the governor. So there's something on your gender and on it's just a trend. There's something about your gender and the color of your skin that mm-hmm. does not uh, give people trust in the way that other genders or other colors of your skin give. Mm-hmm. And that's, and I think that's, you know. So how can we support, how can we better support women of color who are running for office, Rita? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really hard to answer, I think. Um, it starts from who are the people that are involved, right? Who are the people, the organizers, the campaigns, um, how much of that bench we're building with women of color, how much we're investing in women of color, um, what systems are in place to support women of color? Like, are there PACs mm-hmm. that support strictly women of color? No, there aren't any um, that that I'm aware of um, here in the county, at least. Um, and there are packs for women, but that doesn't mean that women of color are going to get elected mm-hmm. necessarily. Um, do we have, um, I think, deliverables or actual, you know, policy that ha- that current elected officials are, are putting out there for women of color or people of color to come out and support other people of color? No, there's absolutely nothing. That's why I think now that we have gotten really good people elected, we have to make them realize that, okay, what are we doing for people of color? What are we doing for women of color that are mm-hmm. honestly taking on the biggest weight since the mm-hmm. pandemic started, right? And before that, but even more now. And I will say this too, Rita, is that it's it's not that we don't have amazing women of color that are talented that are qualified that are already doing amazing things and I don't I wouldn't say it's a matter of trust because these are women of color who either are teaching your children are running nonprofits are 
involved in the community. So I don't think it's a trust thing. Well, perceive trust, right? Because to me, I think, I think it's a bit more than that, right? What do you think it is? I think, I think to me is we just don't have the infrastructure to support women, Latina women. Let's be, let's be very, very specific. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be very, very specific because uh, I, I think especially here in Slow County to be specific, and I'm sure this is probably in a lot of other places, we don't have spaces that are really cultivating Latino people, right? And when you don't have a mentor, when you don't have, when you don't know how to play the game, you don't know how to do X, Y, and Z, it can be very, very hard. Mm -hmm. So, and I think most importantly, we need, we just need women, even men, queer men, Latinx folks, just to break those, those barriers, whether, and I think um, Adrian did that for us, actually, uh, that was running for the Cuesta board. I saw her campaign and I was personally inspired by Adrian. I was inspired because she looks like me. Yeah. She speaks Spanish. But I'm talking Um, about the, let's be blunt, right? The white people that are voting, that are not voting for Latino women. They are not voting for Latino women. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about trust. I don't think our community doesn't trust. Like our community knows them. I don't, I'm not talking about employers not trusting or, you know. I'm talking because they're extremely qualified, but why aren't the votes showing how much we value women of color? And I think as a country, we don't value women of color. The way, like, I would, I would agree with stand, that. There's a I would, I would agree with that. Well, I, that's what worries me. It's like, how do we? Well, the, we here's here's a great votes? here's a great way, dear allies, dear white allies. Mm-hmm. How are you supporting women of color? Yeah. How? how because I also feel, Rita, as people of color, me as a Latina, we always, we always to do the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. And white folks, white allies, especially white allies. Yeah. If y'all claim y'all really about this BIPOC movement, Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. about Latinx, about all these things, show it. Yeah. So this is an invitation for the white allies specifically. How are you supporting women of color? How are you listening to them? Yeah. How are you respecting them when they are speaking their truth? How are you cultivating their confidence? Mm-hmm. How are you showing up for them? Mm-hmm. Are you how asking are you them? How, how are you, how are you doing? I see mm-hmm. you doing so much. And I've been very lucky enough Rita, where I've had white women who have have told me this before and I never understood it. Now I understand it Mm -hmm. where they're like, Yesenia, I'm only here to support. I don't want to speak. I don't want to take up space. I am just here to support what y'all are doing. And I'm willing to do it from the, from behind the scenes and allow you guys to lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I'm working right now with, with a, with a woman who is actually helping me get, um, nonprofit status for one of my women's groups, which is mm-hmm. amazing. I had another white ally come to me and said, Yesenia, how do we take your, how do we take this project to the next level? So, so this is a clear opportunity, Rita, that to me, Rita, there are amazing Latino yeah. folks in San Luis Obispo County, for example, yeah. who are already have the leadership, have done multiple things, mm-hmm. but for some reason they're not getting ready to run. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to bash on my fellow 
AAPI sisters or mm-hmm. black sisters. Mm-hmm. But to me, it doesn't feel like a complete win until yeah. we get that little slice too, especially for example, Basarole School District that is comprom- that is made up of more than 50% of Latino students. It's like, where's yeah. that representation? Uh, same deal with city council. City same council, with Cuesta College. Cuesta College is a prime example that yeah. is a Hispanic serving institution. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it, and it's, and maybe, you know, and a huge shout out to Adrian, taking it back to Adrian, but you know, maybe, maybe we're just not there yet. Maybe that was our first yeah, step. This, this election yet. season, right. Yeah. Is maybe that is the, the, the inching the door open yeah. a little bit. It's just and to have names said. on the ballot. Yeah. And that's what Adrian said. She said, I'm going to help with the knowledge that I've gotten from break from running. Other women run, other people run. And I think and that's, I was, that's gold. I was truly inspired. She yeah, had a campaign too. that was amazing completely bilingual. Yeah. Um, and it was amazing. And I feel, um, you know, people are watching. Yeah. Children are watching. Yeah. Um, and, you know, progress is progress at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. I think our part two will probably be next week when yeah, we talk we a bit more, but reflect on it, right? Let's both you yeah, and I also reflect it. on it yeah. and talk about it because, um, and we're going to be talking about specifically getting Latinas, Latinos elected and uh, Latinx people elected and also getting the Latinx vote out. Yes. Um, yes, yes and yes. we keep talking about Adrian because she ran against a white man that had shared horrible hateful messages in the past Did, it was he was recalled sen- right he was censured by the okay. by the board because they couldn't get him out um wasn't wasn't that the same guy that had made posts on he social posted, media uh comparing them to nazis oh, saying Jesus. horrible things horrible yeah. racist and homophobic things he was so the awful. proof was there and he's still doing it He's still doing oh, it. Still he, doing it. Yeah. No, he's still sharing horrible things about LGBTQ people, trans people, and um, and he won. He's a and I think because he has a big name, a recognizable name, um, and there's a lot of work to do. And and we're talking about specifically not electing uh, Latina women because we do know that from those three seats that I mentioned, two of them did have uh, people, women of color, running as well. And we got um, I believe. Uh, is of Asian descent um, that beat Roxana Maldonado um, and a black woman that beat Adelita um, Impasso. Uh, but yeah, Latino women, I think that's what we're talking about specifically. Let's be intentional. Let's yeah. be intentional. Let's let's really support our Latino Latinx community, yeah. Latin A uh, community. And in the context, like you were saying, like how much uh, of the constituents are represented by you know, our, our Latinas themselves. Yeah. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about this because yeah. part of me is like, you know, I've heard people say, well, I don't want to just vote for someone because they're a person of color. No, I totally get it. Cause there's people of color that aren't really, they yeah, can, they can have bad morals or them. bad mm-hmm. ethics. Right. Yeah, so them. I totally, I totally get that. But yeah. I think also when we are seeing demographics of people yeah. that are not being represented yeah. and those are a large portion that make up our community yeah whether that be in business yeah education uh health services we have to have those voices yeah. have some sort of representation for that those voices mm-hmm. and sometimes those voices don't even speak english Rita. Yeah. and so it's like how are we making those ties and i really personally in my personal opinion i don't believe we're going to make progress specifically talking on the latino community 
we're not going to make progress in the Latino community until we have that representation coming from a Latino person. Mm-hmm. So we will continue this conversation. Yeah. Talk to your friends. Talk, mm-hmm. Habla con tus amigas, tus amigos. Ha, start the discussion. Start yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. And we're going to continue the conversation next week. Yeah. And uh, think think of ideas. How can you support your, your Latinas, Latinos? Yeah. How can you um, encourage maybe that amazing friend that you know, say, yeah. hey, you know, I've, I've seen you yeah. grow and I've seen you do amazing things. Have you thought about running for school board? Yeah. Have you thought about maybe running for city council? Um, yeah. And a lot of the times, too, because I think this is what really pushed a lot of the candidates specifically focusing on Paso Robles is they knew their, the money was there. They knew the support was there. Mm-hmm. So it was just a matter about getting a candidate up there. So, yeah. So guys know the money is out there and the support is out there yeah. so please 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 encourage the people around you yeah yeah yeah. so yeah we've covered a lot anything else that we want to mention other than we're gonna go pop some champagne now <laughs> yeah but anything else that you want to mention you said yeah about election i just non-election i guess the holiday season you know oh, yeah. stay present be thankful yeah. there's so much to be thankful about yeah buy local midst- if you're buying anything buy mm-hmm. local share memories by BIPOC right yes BIPOC yeah uh yeah no I'm excited Rita I've intentionally slowed down the month of December I think that's why we took a little break too with Mm. Chicas Politicas um I've just been enjoying life I've been very intentional um the holiday season is my favorite time of the year um and life is too short guys so enjoy it. Love, love on your loved ones. Love on the children in yeah. your life. If you still have your mom and dad, tell them you love them and, yeah. you know, value the people who value you. Yeah. And if you are in San Francisco County, um, next week on Tuesday is the last, ele- that the last County Board Supervisors meeting that will have Lynn Compton in it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the closing of the town. Because I'm not gonna lie to you, Rita. You you really have this like personal thing with Lynn Compton. Did so. I got involved in politics because I didn't like that board majority. That's that's the reason. I have I have their news article right yeah. next to you. Yeah. Because I saw a news that no. came out and I was like, I don't like this. I'm gonna the get way, involved. The way that you feel about Lynn Compton is probably <laughs> the way that I feel about Chris Arendt. And you know what would be amazing if we could do it? And then go up. see Chris Arendt's last meeting. Oh, what yeah, this that? is December 13th, by the oh, way. Next so Tuesday. Yes. Tuesday, so, we're gonna say goodbye. For, for <laughs> Latinx folks from that you can recall I forgot the name of the character but it was the guy that was all dressed in black with the trumpet oh yeah (laughs) if I could I would (laughs) oh my gosh could we no no what is his name Trompeta. El Chacal de la Trompeta. El Chacal de la Trompeta, yeah. El Chacal de la Trompeta. That should be our new little thing. El Chacal, oh my gosh. That's going to be our Chacal de la Trompeta. It's going to be Lynn Compton yeah. for, for the month of December yeah. and Chris Arendt. Chris Arendt. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. El Chacal de la Trompeta. Fuera, Fuera Chris Arendt and Lynn Compton. Debbie Arnold, you're next. You're oh, next, Debbie. She's not running. She's not running. She's not running. <laughs> wasting no time. I love it. Yeah, so running again, so that's good. So that does that mean a uh, district two supervisor? Mm, what, she, what's that? So they read she, 
gerrymander the shit out of the, the, the county. So right now there's a lawsuit. There's more. I think there's a court here and right now going on. So we'll yeah. see what's going to happen with that. I don't want to be vindictive, but it's, Why not? But it's, <laughs> it's a kind of like sweet revenge yes. that the conservatives <laughs> gerrymandered the <laughs> district to be in their favor. Okay. Yeah. So they, they played the game dirty. Yeah. They made it to go their way. Yeah. And even then they lost. And even then they <laughs> lost. They lost. Why? Because you don't mess with the people. You don't mess with the people. The people have spoken. Yeah. Quit up, Chris and Ray. Quit up. Quit And to Bruce Jones, who ran against Bruce Gibson. Oh. It wasn't even fuera because he was already fuera. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so. We're having way too much fun. I love so it. Much fun. We'll continue next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, liking, sharing, comment on Instagram or on Facebook. If you find us, we're not that active on social media. We're really bad. I know. But if you listen to this episode and you see a post on, on Instagram, tag us, tell us if you liked it, share it with your friends. Have a good weekend. Enjoy it. Remember next Tuesday we're saying fuera to a lot of, of elected officials that we don't like. Enjoy the holidays. Bye. Mm-hmm.